0: Look, so how many places have you been kicked out of?
1: Oh, several. I guess the best one was <laughs> Disney Wide World of Sports.
2: <laughs> like, come on now.
1: Like-
3: oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs>
2: Before they get in your
0: Welcome into Montgomery and Company. So listen, boy, do we have some discussions today. So normally in sports, we're talking about the best player, or maybe we're talking about how many adjustments the coach made. Today, though, on MoCo, we're going to discuss the referees and their role in sports. We're also going to talk about a Fortune Magazine article that talked about the great disengagement what is that we'll discuss all of that you guys know that there's things going on with workers and then last but of course not least we're going to give a little teaser to our interview with master p make him say uh. yes we got him on the show this week the full interview drops on friday but right now we got some discussions to talk about let's go Normally, I come in here, I'm yelling, I'm screaming. And it's just I have to just start out by saying rest in peace to Tyree Nichols. I didn't watch the video. I can't watch certain videos like that. But I can't believe that we continually talk about another tragedy without talking about how can we change the legislation or how can we change things to make sure that this doesn't happen again? Everyone should understand that this isn't necessarily a race problem because we know the officers were black and some of them were white as well. But we know that the five that we have seen targeted and talked about the most is black officers. So we know that it's not just a race problem. It's a problem with the system. So if there's a problem with the system that we can clearly tell, then we need to change the system to fix the problem. This is a civil rights problem. And it makes me think about what Reverend Al Sharpton said, where we don't need sympathy, we need legislation. And so that's the whole thought process moving forward. I was even sad to find out that one of the officers went to we talk about HBCUs a lot. And my home HBCU is West Virginia State University. And one of the officers attended that university. Played on a sports team there. It's just like, where did we go wrong? Where did he go wrong? Humanity. So I just have to start out by saying that because... I don't know how many videos we're going to see. I don't know how many hashtags there are going to be. I don't know any of that, but I do know that we just have to do better. And a way to do better is take it out of the human hands and the human error part. Obviously policing does involve that, but we need some type of reform. We need some type of new legislation. We need something different to fix a real civil rights problem of not valuing lives, black lives at that matter. And that was talking about America. And now as we transition into sports, our USA basketball team, which is America's team, they announced who will be attending the training camp. And I'm going to just read it from here to make sure I don't miss anyone. But there will be 15 athletes, including 11, who have claimed a combined 26 Olympic and Women's Cup gold medals. That squad will be Ariel Atkins, Nafisha Collier, Kalia Copper, Elena Deladon, Alicia Gray. Let's go. You already know that's the dream player. If you haven't heard, listen to our last episode where we talked to her. Benajah Laney, Sabrina Inescu, Angel McCautry. Let's go. Kelsey Plum, Diana Taurasi, the GOAT, is pulling up, and Jackie Young. And now also expected to attend USA or, or USA Basketball alumni, Natasha Howard, Marina Mabry, Arike Agumbawale, and Brianna Turner. So listen, it's going to be USA Basketball has a, a standard of excellence only. Gold medals is typically the only medal that happens. It's called Operation Gold for a reason. So shouts to everyone that's going to be attending the USA Basketball Women's National Team Training Camp. Let's go! There was the Lakers versus Boston game where LeBron didn't get a call at the end. And then there was the AFC Championship game where the Bengals fans felt like they got cheated. The topic of discussion is referees and do they hold too much power to control a game? The NBA official Twitter account the night after LeBron didn't get his call, they released a statement and that statement put people in a frenzy because they said and quote, Like everyone else, referees make mistakes. We made one at the end of last night's game, and that is gut-wrenching to us. This game will weigh heavily and cause sleepless nights as we strive to be the best referees we can be, end quote. So that brings me to the discussion of referees in human error. What do we feel about that? Because their statement is true. They are human and they make mistakes. But if you're a team trying to make a playoff push or if you're a team that just lost and now we just got an L and y'all told us you made a mistake, like what are we supposed to do with that?
1: We accept the apology, but you got to do better. (laughs) You got to do better because, it. I mean, it's it's heart-wrenching, really it is. Uh, Renee's been in games where, Where they made a mistake And it really Really was Devastating Devastating And she's putting it Mildly Because
2: you guys Haven't seen Snook At a game She Yes (laughs) Snook how many
1: places Have you been kicked out of? Oh Several I guess the best one Was Disney Wide (laughs) World of Sports
0: Like
4: come on now That's a wild
3: question
2: (laughs) How many
5: games? You know what Uh, I'm going to tell you That whole situation With the football My house was an uproar. They ended up turning the game off like several times because Shannon felt somebody had thrown the game. There was too many (laughs) bad calls for it to be mistakes. It's like you make one mistake, uh, you make two. But they was like four quarters of bad calls. It's just somebody was getting paid. And that's how he felt about it. So he said, well, if they're going to take the game from them, there's no sense in even watching it. But I do believe... The problem with the referee system now, it's harder for referees because these teams are so equally matched that it does come down to one or two bad calls that could change it.
1: Okay, so you're coming to the referee defense. I like this. Let's hear it. You better <laughs> not be defending them.
5: I'm not defending them per se, but I remember back in the day, Dad used to tell us, you take the game out the referee's hands. Yep. Which means if you clearly beat the team, they can't cheat enough for you to
3: lose. But now, <laughs> My today, no, right. Yes. Right. wait a minute. Was there, man, this, is think... opinion, <laughs> right. this is right. Nicole's right. opinion. Right,
0: because the fact that you have to say we used to do this though, this is real talk. Like we have to be like, you gotta get up so much that in case the referees have a series of bad calls or a series of bad plays that's the point that everybody's trying to make at what point is it not okay that we understand that there's gonna be a little bit too much human error Juju what you got to think about this that's what I'm
3: saying this the point right now (laughs) it's not okay especially let alone for the people around the world who enjoy the company we work for DraftKings.com salute to y'all guys what if we had the spread in a certain way and LeBron was about to win the game and now $500 turns into kaputs? Yeah. You feel me? That was about because say, because yeah. the referee kept his foots. <laughs> the Lord's still working on me. I can't say certain things. But the referee messed up in a way. <laughs> Let alone in the West over there the games separate in, like, 10th place yeah. and, like, 4th place. It's like one or two games, it's a, game, a two and game and a half. Game game.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. So imagine
3: when you get to the playoff time and we got to see who going in the play-ins, uh, who going to get AFC. Now we got to uh, attest this. This is, a, this is a big mistake. <laughs> Not me? <laughs> I think they should have told them folks, look, we messed up, right? So, we're gonna put that time on the clock. Everybody can come in, come watch the game if y'all want to. We're gonna put a second back on the clock, let LeBron shoot two free throws. I know you're lying. Wait a minute.
0: But the game was was already over by the time the referees released the statement. So, that's why it's like once you already have been handed your L, here come the pull report. Here come the other conversation about, like, oh, as the referees, we would like to admit that we did review that call that you guys were so mad about. And side note, Pat Beverly got the best technical known to man on that yes. play. I want you to know that this man took a camera, walked up to the referee and showed him on the camera that this is a foul. Would you look at this? This is a foul. <laughs> that resulted in a technical. OK,
5: let's just right. let's just say this. All this replay, 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 replay action, playing on a jumbotron football. I, I know. But why not? In basketball Why right.
0: not
2: Okay D-A-I. I'm glad you said that Cole And also What good does it do For the refs to come out With a statement After the game is over <laughs> like, like, I, There has to, had to had be long Some long kind years. of repercussion Or you something
0: cause, cause mean, I know Like
2: that could kill Somebody's soul I mean Especially exactly. especially I saw the way LeBron Took that He, <laughs> didn't, he didn't take that Very well You know
3: That boy broke it down Like Martin
1: <laughs> And my thing too Is uh, I think they want A little bit of the Limelight as well Because sometimes the person who calls the foul or the call is not even the closest person. And then that closest person Mm -hmm. doesn't correct
2: proximity. So Snook
0: is bringing up something. I saw a tweet that said, congratulations to Ron Torbett on becoming the first referee to ever win an AFC Championship game MVP. So Snook, to that point, people have even found his name, made him graphics that say congrats to that man, the first referee to win a game. But Cole asked a question about replays. And so I'm glad you did because there was a former NFL referee on the Pat McAfee show today, and he talked about that. He said – It's a 25 to 30 percent slower game to do replays. And so if the reviews like and you look at it and it doesn't jump off the screen that it was a bad call Then he basically was like, look, keep it moving. Then like if you if it don't jump off the screen, it's going to slow down the game. He said, at what point do we move from quick replays to challenge plays to just changing the challenge format altogether or using some form of AI fluidly. Like, what point do we get to with that? Is that going to make the game We're worse there. or better? We're there.
3: <laughs> exactly. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. It's y'all foul. When you
5: start making a whole bunch of bad calls, then you've mm-hmm. got to start making well, that am oh, <laughs> I'm I'm Seriously.
3: I'm exactly. Do We've as Romans do. Y'all the ones who want to do with the replay in the first place. Y'all should have kept it old school. Y'all put this slippery slope out of here. And now look at, Everybody us. We're sliding, at the bottom of the everybody's head. sliding. Everybody's exactly. sliding. Daddy,
4: Danny, how are you feeling about this? Well, I mean, I'm a little bit on both sides because, like, as a coach, I've lost games because of a bad call, I've mm-hmm. won games because of a bad call. Yeah. First thing I tell all the kids is it should never be up to the ref for that last call. That's absolutely right. mm-hmm. So, to defend the refs, LeBron James should never have been in that situation where he lost the game because of a bad call. That's one. Aye, and aye, the, listen, <laughs> listen, as a coach, that's what you tell your kids. Whether in a realistic game because of the talent is neck and neck and this and that, that's part of the game.
3: But as a coach, what did the other team got Jason Tatum and Jaden Brown and all of them? And you luckily be in this game in the first damn place, <laughs>
4: coach. That's where, that's, where, that's where I'm getting to the other side. Now... <laughs> Ironically, uh, the sport I coach, the kids and the coaches are also the refs. Hmm. Now, so with volleyball, right? You coach volleyball. Yes. So, in volleyball, in the in the club circuit and the high school circuit, you don't have four, two, or three referees like you do in the NBA and the NFL. It's one referee up on the top. Wow. The coach is normally the second referee, and the kids are the rest of the referees. So the mm-hmm. ones calling it in and out are the kids. The ones taking the <laughs> score are the kids. Wait, what? This
0: could never be basketball. Everything I'm
4: Imagine. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right
2: Imagine. Right.
4: Out. So a similar call happened to me <laughs> this out. past weekend at a tournament where I made a call, and it was the correct call at the moment. Uh-huh. The guy pulled the, the iPad recording of it after the game and was like, hey, you made the wrong call. And I said, all right, cool. I admit it was wrong. But he even said, from where you were standing, he would have made the bad call.
0: But Danny, but what, wow. what happened okay. after you made that bad call, mm, though? That's won? the thing. Like, I'll see
4: what happened here. The other team. Oh, But it oh, wasn't okay. game point. So it was oh, just late so in the game. So this is a different situation. Oh. Okay. Now, now, here's the thing. I was the closest one in sight, and there's three other sets of eyes. Mm-hmm. Every other person agreed with me, but I'm the one who made the call.
2: Okay. Mm, okay. So
4: when they pulled out the iPad... They're like, hey, by the way, it touched the net, not the out of bounds marker. So I did make a bad call, but that call shouldn't have ended the game, which it did. Yeah. But then after the referee, who's a national referee, came down and said, "Hey, you made a great call. You've been making great calls all day. Even if you had that call and it was bad, you made eight other calls that were perfect that no one argued." Yeah,
0: I, I mean, so it was about yeah. percentage. It's about.
4: <laughs> but now, but now here's where I'm going. He goes, but it's our job as a ref where if it's a close game like it was, because it was that the team that I made the call on was down by 10, and they caught up, and it was point for point, point for point, and it was late in the game. He goes, it's our job to not put ourselves in that situation. Our job is to let the game play out as it is and only make the call if it's 100% necessary and definitive of a call. LeBron's was 100% definitive.
0: Danny! It was de- Danny! This situation <laughs> does not apply at all! No,
4: but I'm saying that it does because that's where I'm saying that ref shouldn't have made the call because it's, at that point, it's a tight game. The ref should have let so it go. So it's an unnecessary
2: battle, almost. Correct.
4: So look, we
3: okay. got it. You was cheating, okay, but at the end of the day, like you said earlier... No. LeBron, he did travel, but in in that in that same sentiment, where he said he mm-hmm. traveled on that play. Juju,
0: me? I know you lying if you talk about travel in the NBA, like in general. No, but but, but in what I'm general,
3: saying, so what I'm saying is he traveled on that same play. You know what I mean? That's legal. And then legal. he didn't get the cut and de- didn't get the call. I so it's saying,
6: like they, I no,
3: didn't go Juju, no, The
5: NBA goes all the way around the world and traveling. I mean,
3: <laughs> you no. hang up on me. Wait a second, <laughs> y'all not gonna jump down my throat because I say LeBron travel. I know they don't call it. What they? Because
0: that's a legal play in <laughs> NBA. You're play. saying LeBron did something travel legal. Travel is
3: not a legal play.
0: A travel is legal they if they call never it. call it. Why are you but gonna they start calling it something it. different oh, at the Renee end of the game? Say, okay, Renee say if they saying they don't call it. Uh-oh,
5: Love, whoa, bro. whoa, 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 whoa! Because this is like as a player,
0: <laughs> I would be like if the ref automatically started calling things that they don't call all the first four quarters yes. of the game, yes. and you bro, call it on the last play on the game. Have you not seen? He
3: clearly okay, was. We I'm gotta saying is, find
0: one of them highlight clips where it shows how many times NBA players walk and how many steps no, they take. No, I've
3: seen it. I've seen it. The salute to the Devin guy, he be calling out him out on, on, online. <laughs> I'm not saying this is good. I'm saying to Danny's sentiment, he's saying, okay, cool. <clears> uh, <throat> certain things that got you to this point, eh, you kind of did this. He walked on the play and didn't get the call, so it kind of evened out for real. So you're saying saying. that both of
2: them did something wrong in that same play, and none of them got called out. I'm saying these referees get paid. I'm saying these (laughs) referees
5: get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on the sport, a year
3: to make
5: calls and that's another thing and, and, and okay okay I, I agree with everything you're saying I get what you're saying Jude you, you're just saying
3: no I'm saying I'm agreeing with you I'm, I'm saying wow preach okay Cole.
5: so my thing is we have two and three and four pairs of eyes in the NFL I don't even know how many referees they have we see the main ones but they got referees all, yeah. all over the place so wow I don't see how let's go back to football real quick I don't see how that happened and I don't see how it happens in basketball, because the thing is, is that that court, there's three sets. Somebody caught it. I mean, I'm just saying yeah. I agree with what Juju said. Juju said, yeah, he walked. So he he got fouled. It evened out. OK, you shouldn't have walked it. OK, I see what you're saying there. But at the, at the end of the day, there were three refs or how many of the refs are sitting there watching uh, people up in the boxes and everything. What's going on?
0: Well, see, with basketball, they can't review a non-foul call is not reviewable in basketball. But I here's agree. the thing. This is literally what they teach you in basketball. End of the play, they say, drive to the basket hard. Don't settle for a jump shot because the refs ain't going to call a foul there, right? Like, right? And a lot of times they teach you in basketball as well on the other side of the coin because we like to be on the other side. They tell you that The putback is what wins most most game winners because somebody either misses the first shot or something like that. But my question is to the obvious calls. Like, if it's a block charge call, that's called a bang-bang. And I'm like, you know what? That happens so fast that it's like you can't see it. When it's a blatant – like, Jason Tatum, he actually, like, reared back. So it looks like automatically – I don't want you to assume it's going to be a foul – but it already looks like it's going to be a foul. You're standing there for a game-winner play as a ref right there on the baseline where it happened. I can't understand that type of error. It's like, I can Mm -hmm. understand the bang-bangs, block charge. Oh, That one's hard. Even if it went out of bounds, who did it tap last? I'll give it to the refs all day on those type of bang-bang plays. I think what we're getting to the point is where how are refs missing the obvious calls? That's where it's starting to be where people start to say things on the internet. This is the saying I'm quoting but like it's rigged the refs are paid what's going on this ref was an MVP that's when those conversations start to happen not for the bang bang Danny plays where you really thought you saw something and it's like oh that was tough we all thought we saw it I get that if somebody goes like this on the last play game winner play of the game I just feel like you've elevated to the NBA status to be able to make that call correctly. That's where I think the conversation is. Snook? Well,
1: what gets me too is when, you know, they make a call and then, oh, okay, then they run together and they get that little huddle and then they come out <laughs> and, and then they still have that same wrong call. Now, you don't <laughs> win and you done not talk and you I converse. I said, what are your huddled well, I mean, for? And right. then you come out with the same exactly. wrong call. I mean, you know, one of them lets you know that that wasn't right, but then you go over there and you talk and then you come out and you still got that same wrong call. Right.
4: I mean, you know, that just gets no, like late. a
1: conspiracy.
4: But when that happens, like and they huddle up, like they're just confirming or denying the call. So if like it's the four of us and Nicole sees something, but Renee, Snook, and I don't see anything, mm-hmm. we still have to trust that you made a call. We can't say no, you messed up. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. you can. To, to, to put a, bow. Oh, yeah. to put a yeah. bow on what I was oh, saying yeah.
3: earlier, <laughs> I was saying that he walked on the play and then he also got filed on the play. But you know what? Referee and Carl got damn one of them. Oh, <laughs> mean, <had> referee <laughs> and Carl got a damn file. So my thing is, they need to get fined. They need to get suspended without pay. They oh, get say you just say no on live television he's right. he's in right. front of that many people. Y'all got right. you they look them. You right. about to <laughs> look at They don't yeah. care. they oh. They don't
4: care.
1: They absolutely
4: she don't, don't care. Yeah. yeah, and they admitted to it, too. Well, Juju is right. That, that point where if it is that big of a blunder, they should get a fine and like yes. retraining on what they need oh, to no, do to on to no. call. You retrain back <laughs> to high <laughs> school. To go, go back to you high school. Exactly. Baseball. That's how it should be a <laughs> That's where it so needs to be. Me and Nicole,
0: look, me and Nicole can run. Yeah. <laughs> so should refs be demoted. You know how refs are yes. promoted to the NBA? And here's yes. a wild thing that I think the system is kind of interesting. But WB, WNBA refs <laughs> are promoted to the NBA and then the new wave of refs come to the WNBA. So I don't know what that says about our refereeing mm, in the sense that, that right. our great our best refs get promoted to the NBA so mm-hmm. under that same premise, should rest be demoted? You know, yes. like in soccer yep. leagues, you can be in the first league, but if you're the last place team in the first league, you might drop down to the second league, and the in the first place team from the second league come up. So should there be yes. more? Yep. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Keep the salary,
3: keeps a little salary. But guess what? <laughs> this week right here, you finna go umpire at the little league baseball game, two balls, sir. You <laughs> on, know, you know, yeah, work. You go. you makes be a back mistake. is he foul.
5: <laughs> Absolutely, because like we're saying. If, he, if if three all four of us get together and huddle up and we say hey you made the wrong you should made no call you made the wrong call and he's like no I saw what I saw I'm not going to be exactly. going back yeah. to Biddy Ball because you all three of us saw something and we got to stand by you no we don't, <laughs> <laughs> and don't.
3: And Snow, you <laughs> know what the Lord say when two or three come together <laughs> yes. yes. it yes. should be like
2: a majority rule yes. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, it should be because
3: yes. because
5: yeah. oh, they can't say they be like no no you made the wrong call hurry up and fix this this is National TV. This is going to <laughs> blow us up. Fix this now. You fix now. it. I feel
2: bad for them sometimes because I know they got to be the most hated people in America. Oh, you right. know, yeah, like they so it. much hate. Is I mean, rightfully
1: so. I mean, people are very passionate about about their sports team. So I get it. Well, I never say anything derogatory to them, or I never curse. Wait I just always minute. challenge the calls <laughs> said, oh, that they no, make. No. You know, did you see that, or that was so and so? You missed it. That's what I do. I really don't. I uh, get into oh, a lot true. of derogatory. Yeah, she don't talk about
0: the person. She, yeah, she will talk about, about She talk about the She'll talk about your
1: reference. That call Girl. and that person
0: making I the call. I don't
3: talk about those shoes. I <laughs> don't about your weekend slick back hair. <laughs> 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 just be mad at them for no reason. Right. Well, the other That's day
1: we were at a game, seven-year-olds now, and they got the oldest uh, referees out there. These referees are octogenarians. Really, they are. Snook. Now, and only so you can say that what does that went, even that mean? That, now, that means they're <laughs> old. They're, what, 80-ish maybe? Oh, and, so
0: that must be what, okay, because oh, so, like I see. Okay, yeah, they're very see old
1: and, and they couldn't even get up and down the court for the little kids, you know, so I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, sometimes people <laughs> have jobs <laughs> and it's just for the paycheck. They don't care about the game or or any of that. It's just, you know, I'm That's just going to go out true. here and like rep- people on their regular jobs and do what I have to do for these four quarters or whatever. All right. But like I said, you really, you know, people who play the game and are serious about the game, whether they have money on it or not, the game is the game and it should be played fairly Listen, and called it's like fairly. that graph. I don't matter right. if
0: it's bitty ball or not, you're going to mess around and find, find out. out playing around with people. I don't care. Them right. bitty ball games be turned up. The you people have don't to be run right? to your
5: car. Them people, when the game buzzer hit, and if it was a close <laughs> game, and they and people was hot, Pew! them referees, they literally like Houdini. They disappear, like poof. you don't even know who they are. They put the mm-hmm. stuff on real quick, get out the gym oh, before has security. the security get out.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's bad. Bad. <laughs> escort bad. me to my car. And I just thought about something. Can you imagine if basketball was? Ref like volleyball like Danny just said. I was kidding. Oh, maybe we should start implementing some volleyball. Absolutely not. Are you I crazy? If somebody put it up to me and my teammates to be the third and fourth referee and coaching and all of this and that, I'm telling you right now, right. it would be a fight. It would be a fight. We can't even get into it because we already. but I'm just saying, I just know right now, foul, flagrant. Right. You were right. talking foul. to me
3: Flagrant. Yeah. Technical, yeah. man. Imagine? Yeah, imagine well, Pat Beverly and uh, Russell West. <laughs> oh can you imagine Matt, them two man. with like with thirty seconds left in the game, Pat Beverly Resbrook? It will never
2: be over.
1: Right. over. Thirty hours later, <laughs> yeah. Oh My man, ball. but
0: listen, the main thing that we are saying, I think we all can agree, is that. Something has to happen when it comes to referees. The fact that it's such a large topic on every platform and even the referees themselves are saying, listen, y'all, my bad, my bad. We're all humans. We make mistakes. Like something has to be done, period. we're going to talk about The Great Disengagement. If you haven't heard about it yet, you will.
7: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th
0: So it started with quiet quitting, which turned into the great resignation. Now, welcome to the great disengagement. According to a recent Fortune magazine article, a feeling of disconnectedness from their employer was found to be the top reason why workers wanted to change jobs in 2022. While last year, CEOs blamed remote work for young employees' sense of isolation from their company and colleagues. Whatever the reason, the reality is that the employee engagement in the U.S. is at its lowest point in a decade, according to a Gallup report published last Wednesday. Now, employees disengaged from work, risk mental health issues, missing out on career developments, a caveat of things. And we have array of generations, three generations of men and women, which I love this. So I want to ask, like, because I think there's just a whole different feel when it comes to work now. You know, like I would think that, and Snook, I'm not going to put words into your mouth, but I felt like back in the day, people just assumed you go to work, you clock in on your nine to five, and it is what it is. You're probably not going to work after five. You know, you clock in, clock out type of thing. And then it became to where there's entrepreneurs and there's people building their own businesses. Then there was remote work and every different type of way to where now People don't actually want to work unless they like their job, is what basically that new <laughs> call <Cole laughs> is basically what that new survey is saying. So I want to hear from you guys. Does it matter if you have a connection to your employer? Does it not matter? Like, what are y'all's feelings on working? <laughs> Yo, Cole's face. <laughs> oh, is
5: cracking thanks me up. Of the- who sits and thinks of this
0: stuff? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> these <laughs> are <laughs> actual things. <laughs> You remember when we covered quiet quitting and you said the same thing and okay, it was listen, all over no, Quiet everything.
5: quitting is different. Quiet quitting is when the employer is pretty much stepping on the necks of everybody under them to get them to do more. Elon Musk. Or pile on more than what they're actually paid or initially was paid to do. This is just like, oh, well, she doesn't say hi to me every day. So I feel like we're mm. disengaged. In, well, I but understand.
0: think about... The younger generation, Cole. they too
5: clingy. If that's the case, <laughs> you're too clingy. Go to work and go home. Like, I don't understand. Like, no. I do understand what you're saying. There should be. I do think the job should continue to have career, uh, let's say, training and all those things. I think that they should still provide that because a lot of jobs are at home jobs now. But still, you mm-hmm. still need to have that ability to elevate yourself within your job or within the company. So I do think they still need to have Like some kind of incentives or something Yes, incentives Mm -hmm. or something like that But for you to quit your job Because you feel like people don't care about you They don't care about you
1: Mm-hmm.
6: They don't. All I, cared I mean, about honestly, was the
5: check
1: now. They didn't have to care as long as the check cares. That's the only thing that matters. Is the check Does as long care? as your paper is if right? The check cares. Then that's it. Okay.
0: Well, see that it depends on the job as well too. I would think because in sports yeah. you really can't be like that. That I know a lot of people don't see a sports, but sports was my real job for a long time. And when I played with people that didn't care, I always oh, no, no,
5: like, no no. no, no, that's fine because you're a team. Okay. The team has to. That's a different situation. I can guarantee you, all these people who are are talking about this, they in an office somewhere. They're not on a basketball team (laughs) or on a football team, or they're not. It's not. I think nine to fivers. Yeah, it's it's a nine to five. It's every Is there such thing as nine to five
0: anymore? Though I feel like a lot of jobs, but a lot of jobs might say it's a nine to five. And uh, Danny, you're shaking your head. I want to hear your thoughts because a lot of people are saying they're working nine to fives, but their employer got them nine to seven, nine to eight. You know, like like the sports world and entertainment world are very different because you can see Stephen A on his normal first take, but you can also see Stephen A on Sunday calling this game, on Saturday calling this game. And I realized that like, wait a minute, did I see Stephen A on my TV every single day of the week? But that's, yeah. a, that's the entertainment business. It's not a thing. No, that's same. everybody's
5: business. <laughs> that's everybody. That's, no, that's corporate America's business because now people are working from home and they're working and they give you what they call these flex hours where you can work this amount of times or you can work on the weekends or you can... So people are working six and seven days a week. And the thing is, is that that's happening everywhere but my point is you can't complain because they're taking too much of your time and then complain because they're not connected to you all at the same time like come on now you either want to be with them or without them you can't go both
4: ways
0: I, okay any other thoughts I
4: mean it is because we removed what business was which was you know a mom-and pop shop where they knew everyone in the store they knew every employee they knew that their their employees kids they know their employees parents they knew everybody. Now it's, you know, I'm working from home, I'm a number, I clock in, I clock out, and it's not even clocking in and clocking out anymore. It's, hey, you've got a pile of work, it doesn't matter how long it takes to get your work done. So that's why there's a lot of disengagement, because it's become very Mm, systematic, not personal. So when people complain about, oh, it's not personal, I mean, yeah, that's why you guys made it that way. Not everyone gets to enjoy their career. Like before I was working like this, I was a high school teacher, and My job didn't end at three o'clock. My job kept going because we had to grade. We had to input grades, but it didn't end when school ended. So, you know, that's just, that's part of the system that everyone created. You can't have both worlds. You have to, one or the other right
2: and you said something interesting you said that not everybody likes the job that they're in I think that that is something I guess more new age like I kind of grew up you know in that mentality of like yeah you gotta love your work or else it's not gonna feel you know it's not gonna feel like work you know that old saying of if you work a job that you like you're not gonna feel like it's work or whatever you know so I try to like everything that I do I'm not I am a little bit more of on the Uh, You know, like you have to have kind of like a a bigger goal or purpose type of thing Like I have to be I am goal oriented So I have to have like a common goal or something that I'm working towards I mean also like I I read the the article and it said that people don't feel connected to their employer So it's not even that they don't like them. It's just that they don't feel a connection So I think that that's that's part of going, you know That is a little bit more of the new generation too, which I kind of agree with that if you know, like, if you don't feel like that's your place, if you don't feel like a, a connection with towards whatever your life purpose is, then change jobs. You know, like, and I don't know if it was right after, right before Break My Soul came out when you know released a job, all that stuff. But we were at a thing, and I think I mentioned this on here before. Well, where this woman asked Renee that she, oh, she told Renee that she was really, it was like a Q and A, and she said that she's really unhappy in her at her job. Oh yeah. And so uh, she was, she kind of was looking for advice, and then basically. Like the advice that Renee told her was that you need to leave that job because if you don't like that job, it's always gonna feel like you it's like it's a hamster wheel. So you yeah. gotta even like I I liked everything. I, I will say I tried to at least make everything likable. Like even when I worked at Delta, I liked talking to people, so I enjoyed my job. Or if not, I will make myself enjoy my job because I do have to enjoy. But that's know, the deal. You you made yourself enjoy your job. These people aren't doing that. They're just complaining and then they're quitting. But, but I had a connection a though. Point. I had a connection because like like but I believe I be, I be, No, but not only that, I believed in the Delta, I guess, um, ethos is that happy employees better work. So they really like I was working with them when they changed their uniforms because they wanted the employees to feel like seen and and I guess attractive and and just, just more important. And so I really believed in that mission that I was like and that was part of that that team that kind of made that happen. So we did have like a common goal. So that made me like it. But that's, again, I felt connected to that employer.
5: I don't, I don't under, let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> if I come to a job and I have looked at all the job requirements and they're going to pay me what I want to be paid, whether I have a connection or not, what if I like do the task. Though? What are you talking about? What, do you what mean if, if they're, they're not, paying, not you? Paying, you?
0: paying you what you th- want th- to be paid? No, but you, you have agree, you you agree to the job. Thing.
5: You agreed to it. You didn't walk in and they say we're not
6: going to give I you. But that's why I said the
0: progression though of quiet quitting to that because you might have agreed to a job that was worth that salary. And then all of a sudden as you get at the job, they add on a little bit more, a but little, little not bit more. But that's not connection
5: then. That's not a has nothing to do more. with connection. Though. But it
0: would have been okay had you had like see I think there's like that fine line. I think Juju, you did this. Do You have something to say Juju, but I think there is a fine line of like needing all of that to align, Juju. What were you going to say?
3: I was going to bring up cuz I feel a little different. Um you know, not, you know, the Lord say he never give you more than you can bear. <laughs> and I think that some of us can bear more than the rest of us can. Some of us are bipolar. Some of us struggle with insecurities. Some of us struggle with depression. Like, yes. And so them entering those job spaces is an entirely different experience for them. They actually need this to want to live they need this to want to survive and, and keep going and That's so true. they probably come from environments where high school they were coddled they were spoiled or maybe maybe you were the man in high school where you was good at basketball or you was had a center of attention and now i'm being real world and nobody don't give a damn about you at your job mm-hmm. and that can be a lot for someone who isn't as sturdy minded yeah. as you Nicole. Yeah. Yeah. it, it could be tough for true. them just because they crave that uh feeling or that connection or they have lacked that connection up to this point in life and now they start realizing the midlife crisis for a guy oh no how do i you know what i mean like it's a lot of different mind games that go into making your job being your universe like my job is my entire universe and at times whenever i don't communicate with because we have like at least 17 different podcasts that's crazy yeah but we'll we'll take on a certain podcast and i haven't spoke to the host at all i don't haven't introduced or we haven't been cool or anything but now my workload is to basically facilitate their dream. Mm-hmm. And so I would appreciate it if me and that host could talk. Yeah, but, or but me and that, that host could, could be mm-hmm. as a team. No,
5: no, no. I get but, that. But, but what team. I'm saying, but
3: some of it is like emails and like, oh, we don't have to talk. I'm just gonna like I still haven't talked to certain people. And some of it is that cold. And just because I don't like it, then like you said I, I'm not quitting my job mm-hmm. over it. But I do wish that it was uh, easier communications or more communication going on So that me being the social media guy Because it's always social media People coming on there saying they hate Dan They hate uh, Democrat, Republican, <laughs> all that shit I've been plugged in and that poison all day Ugh, You feel yeah. me? Every day she for the past since 2000 Since we started a company mm-hmm. You yeah. feel me? And so sometimes Whenever I had the interactions with the people I kind of needed to go cool Because I snapped It's it's, it's two sides I feel your side But I feel like On this side too It's more of the The people who aren't As strong
1: And then you have People too Who who might have uh, traveled to another place to work after they left college or left home. They don't know anyone in the n- location they're at. And so when they get this job and they go to this company, they're looking to find some kind of interaction or build some kind of camaraderie with these people because they don't have, you know, there's no one else there because this is a new location for them. So sometimes people look for more uh, from the workplace than just a way of making a living. They're looking for making some uh, networking uh, possibilities and some camaraderie as well.
2: Yeah, and Juju brought up a good point too. Like, mental health is something that was almost like taboo before. It was like it, it couldn't possibly be that somebody who is not clinically depressed could have anything to do with you know taking care of your mental health because everybody is strong, everybody got problems, everybody got thing. But I think that COVID definitely like changed the mental health discussion a little bit too, and it, and it kind of like trickled over into the workforce also because a lot of people are are starting to work for themselves now. Cause they're like, look, I got to take care of my mentals of my body, my health, because you know, your mind affects everything. Stress can literally kill you. So people are adopting more, you know, like less stressful lives, lifestyles because of things like taking care of their mental health.
0: No, I love that. I love be- being able to hear all sides of the, s- the coin because there's always like different views from different people. Like I said, we've discussed quiet quitting. We've <laughs> discussed the great resignation and now we're discussing. Discussing the great disengagement because as the world shifts, so do humans. Like humans change. I mean, I think this next generation their social skills are going to be very different than ours because our social skills was you walk up to somebody at the park and you say what's up or you playing outside and somebody comes and plays like can i play with y'all yeah now you know a lot of things are done digitally like even like how you find a date how you talk to people everything is done digitally so we'll probably be talking about something else next year that's happened because we're all so used to something different but that's why we have these discussions because everybody we all going through it together Next, we are going to talk to the mogul, the hip-hop legend, the entrepreneur, all of that, Master P.
7: MyPatriotSupply.com.
0: Listen, so your family is full of entertainers but also athletes. Lil Romeo played football and basketball, and your sons played basketball in college now. Is it true that at one point your sons had the biggest NIL deals in sports?
8: Yeah. So Percy, he's now with University of Louisville. So he's doing this thing. And then my youngest son is in high school at uh, Notre Dame High. He's one of the top players in the country. And uh, Mercy, so... They doing their thing, and they they hard workers. I think that's what life is about—being hard workers, and they making a name for themselves. So that's what I love about this.
0: Definitely, I've heard about them on the circuit. And since you're big into sports, and it's a big part of your family, you play in the NBA. Have you ever been interested in getting into sports ownership? You know, like particularly the NBA, WNBA. Like, has that ever crossed your mind? Seeing how many people are getting into it now.
8: Yeah, you know what? You just have to be able to know that business from the other side. So I've been looking at things and educating myself because it's all about educating yourself when it comes down to business. It don't happen overnight. So you got to know what you're getting into. So in the near future, I'm definitely looking at some things.
0: Let's go. OK, so, you know, I'm a co-owner of a WNBA team, the Atlanta Dream. And I saw you at one time and you was like, look, I've always been the marketing guy. And so I'm curious. We see the WNBA all the time fighting for more marketing shares from your marketing brain. How would you market the Atlanta dream WNBA team?
8: Well, I would use the players to go out into the marketplace because everybody forget about the grassroots and I started my business grassroots making show. I just feel like it's not enough visibility in Atlanta. I would have t-shirts everywhere. I mean, if you guys want to go to lunchcart.com and create a t-shirt brand, I'm the chairman of that company. And so it's all about t-shirts on demand. I started out putting my t-shirts on people in the community, even putting them on homeless people, doing bus benches, doing stuff like that. I feel like you guys need more of that, the visibility, because you see a lot with Atlanta Hawks, but you don't see You know, with the dream, you don't you don't actually see it out in their face. And I think that's the thing that should happen.
0: Listen, I love hearing that because here on MoCo, we we're big on generational everything. You built generational wealth. You're building your legacy. Everything that you've done is passed along on that. People say generational wealth building is a full on family thing. Can you talk about that? Has that been your plan from jump with starting with no limit?
8: Yeah. So it's all about educating the family and growing because everybody thinks it's about money. You have to have a passion and a purpose. Like everything I do, you see Snoop Cereal, right? I remember you guys know that we failed first. We had Snoop Loops and we, we had to grow and change and get to Snoop Cereal. And, I mean, we constantly been growing and growing. Look
0: at that. Come on with it.
8: I'm just telling y'all, like we constantly been growing. So, you know, we have all different type of brands and products. We even went into the, the kids' books, got ABC books we have toys they don't expect us to think like that think outside the box so and that's what I'm saying it started from music and then i realized that same like playing sports we can't play basketball forever we can't do music forever but this product could be passed down from generation to generation we have to educate our culture our family our people but it have to be something you love so when you look at the cereal right i grew up on wick, my grandmother used to take me down to the wick store, and that's how we got our cereal. And so now me and Snoop went from being on Wick to owning our own cereal company. Wow. Brody's food, Snoop Cereal. And that's what I mean, but it all come with education. It all come with feeling first. So we filled in a couple places. Kellogg's wanted to take us off the shelf. We started at Snoop Loop. We changed it up. We figured it out. Once we got the trademarks for Snoop Cereal, then we was off and running in, in now June. We'll have cereal everywhere, every store, whether it's Walmart, Target, Elvison, Kroger's, Sam's Clubs. I mean, we're going to be everywhere now. And thanks to Post, right. believing in diversity. And so we have a Black-owned company, but we sell to the world. And we sell it to Asians, white, Latinos, African-Americans. It don't matter. It's all about building big brands. And now we have an opportunity to build one of the biggest brands in the world.
0: I love that. And Broadest Foods, as well as No Limit, a lot of your endeavors are family owned. And we've seen hit shows like Succession highlight the ups and downs of working with family. So can you talk about like navigating money, business, family? Because that's something that a lot of us are dealing with.
8: Yeah. Well, you know, when it comes down to business, you know, you think that you could work with all your family members, but it's not. You have to know where people are mentally and what they want out of something, because some family members just want the money. For me, I don't get up in the morning. I don't do nothing for money. And sometimes you have to cut family members off because it's not for everybody to go. But the love for your family is always going to be there. But, you know, sometimes it takes you know, family members going through things, uh, seeing stuff, but our hard work is like, we can't stop. We won't quit no matter what. And I feel like when you do the right thing, God just going to keep blessing. you going to keep blessing your family, but you have to be able to communicate and know the ones that want to be down, the ones that want to work. Cause some, some family members just want to be pampered. They just, they, <laughs> they want to live off the fruits of your labor. So at the same time, you just got to be able to know who those family members are and the ones that want to work hard, then y'all stick together and create those family business. But family business is not for everybody. Being a boss is not for everybody because everybody say they're a boss, but when it comes down, you got to make sacrifices. And what I mean by you got to know the business because some business, like even with me and Snoop in this business, in a cereal business, you only get paid twice a year. Hmm. So how many family members could go with getting a check just twice a year? And also it's marketing. It's getting product on these trucks. It's getting products in these stores, making sure it sells out of these stores, knowing that it's going to be returns. So it's not just, oh, I got a cereal box and we're going to make so much money. No, that's just the beginning of it. Being able to work with distribution companies, being able to communicate all these different things. being able to take care of your salespeople. people. So it's a lot. And a lot of people are not willing to take that journey with you. People are just on it for the ride, for success. But like I told you, with success come failures. I always, you know, by me playing sports, you don't learn from winning. You learn from losing. And I feel like every loss is a lesson. And so we don't treat it as a loss, but we learn from all our losses. And so I think that's the way I get up in the morning. I think I get up early in the morning. Who want to get up at five o'clock in the morning with you? Who want to wait? You on... getting up at
0: five o'clock in the morning. You
8: know what? By being in the NBA, like I was just programmed to do that, and after that, it just kept going. It just kept going. And I use the same tactics that I use playing sports. I use it in my business, and so get up, work out get ready to start your day off, make all my calls to the East Coast and all this stuff, making sure the marketing, and the sales team, everybody's on the same page, because everybody's in different places. So I might have to get up and do all my online stuff early in the morning. And so that's how I start my day off and then start it out because health is well too. I got to start it off with making sure I actually put some work in about my health. And so whether it's walking, jogging, running, you know, getting in the gym with my kids. So I'm pushing them. We all pushing each other. My sons asked me the other day to say they want to go to the NBA. I say, well, you know, it's going to take a lot of work. And then knowing that you kin to me, it's really going to take even more work. Because when people think that you handed stuff, no, you got to go make a name for yourself. You got to love this. Be passionate. This should be your purpose. You're going to have to make sacrifices. And when, when they told me that's what I wanted to do. I say, now I got to get up even more early because I got to push them because we getting up like 2,000 to 2,500 shots every morning. What? So we like we got to make it happen. What? Yeah, that's what we're doing every morning. If you want to get to the league, you got to be a sharpshooter because the NBA, they want shooters. And so we putting up 2,000 to 2,500 shots. That's what my kids doing. You know, when we get up in the morning, that's the only way you're going to get better.
0: Man, that's lit. And see, a lot of people get stuck when they're trying to find their purpose or and you're a multi-talented. I'm going to call you a mogul because that's all you are at this point. So how did you go about finding your passion like after music? Well,
8: you know how I found it? I had to do something that I love and and getting into these products. So when you look at ancient mom and Uncle Ben, those were straight mockeries of us. My grandparents used to make me go buy that product. Now I got my own. I got my own rice. So when you look at
5: <laughs> it.
8: LA Great Rice, you know, so we, we, we constantly building our own brands and our own products. I used to eat a lot of noodles. I created my own, the Wrap Snack Icon noodles and then cereal. Cereal, I ate so much cereal. I'm like, you know what? Let me create my own cereal. So those type of things that I'm passionate about, that it just go with my everyday because I grew up as a kid eating all these different kinds of cereals. And I say, you know what? As an adult, let me make my own cereal. Let me feed my people. And the more I make, the more I give. So I'm able to give back. And so every time you buy one of these cereals, you're able to not only have a great tasting product. So that's what I love because like in sports, we want to be the best on the court. Now for me in the product game, I want to have the best tasting product. I feel like we got flavor. We got some of the best flavor in the world. So when people taste my product, they're going to be like, I love this. This could be in a brown paper bag. I gotta have another one. So <laughs> when people come to Walmart, they're gonna be like, oh, I gotta go back and get the Snoop Cereal because it tastes so good.
0: Man, that's crazy. Yo, you got the Snoop Cereal. Now, wrap snacks has taken off. Like I see wrap snacks, it's not even just at the corner store, it's at every store. So it's, it's the branding is there. Talk about wrap snacks because I mean that you said flavor? Look, look, you talking about some flavor?
8: We got flavor. That's the Snoop. <laughs> That's the Master P barbecue.
7: Ah, oh.
8: That's the Nicki Minaj. So, <laughs> you know, we got flavor. That's what it's about, having the best flavor.
0: Facts. All right. Well, listen, I just, first of all, I appreciate you for stopping by and coming on Montgomery & Co. Because the same way you talk about building brands, we're a podcast that is hard to get guests. You know, it's hard with so many different media things. So to get a, a caliber of guests like you, a mogul like you, I thank you for that. And Snoop Cereal, when is it going to be out now? Like, where can, like. Tell us everything you need to tell us.
8: Everywhere, June. Snoop Cereal. Go to snoopcereal.com and go to brodisfood.com and get the hookup. But June, wherever you go, Walmart, Target, 7-Eleven, Kroger's, Elvison's, Wherever you go buy your cereal or buy your food, you'll be able to get Snoop cereal.
0: Man, I thank you for joining us here on MoCo, where it's a generational thing. And also, shouts to Post Cereal, because it takes that allyship, that collaboration like you talked about, to make things pop. So I thank you for joining us. And, man, I'm going to be following you. I might see you in May. And also, when you're in the A, you need to come through to a game, an Atlanta Dream game.
8: I'm coming to check y'all up.
0: Come on with it. Thank you, Master P. All right. All right, so listen, thank y'all for listening. There's one last thing I wanted to say. First of all, Jason Whitlock, do better. And also, for the first time ever, there will be two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl right in time for Black History Month. Oh, Listen, also, tap in Friday for the full interview with Master P. Make him say, uh, we discuss how he learned the music business so well that he started making more money than the record label he was signed to. We also talk about how he was the first person to get 50 cent money to go on tour and he responds to the sentiments that he had ulterior motives. Master P also discusses what he plans to do in the TV space and possibly, just possibly his new acting role in the future, Montgomery & Co, where it's a generational thing. So while we're at it, again, let's break those generational curses and build generational wealth, it's called humanity.